What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle cough! Hey, behave! Say it with me, John. Adam Schefter's on the show today. Say it with me. <laughs> I, I didn't know where you were going. I didn't know no. if you were going to do... Uh, Talk about the chick that was screaming about LeBron. Talk about lunch. Adam Schefter on the show today. Adam Schefter on the show today. Yeah, Adam, I wasn't going to talk about lunch with the chick screaming at LeBron. Well, I'd have, I think her name's Juliana. I would have her husband, who, a lot of fake tans, a lot of lifting, who I think LeBron called the steroid user. Uh, I saw Rosillo actually, right before we hit record, just tweeted like, no one's talking about false allegations here, are we sure? <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, Oh, uh, yeah. Adam Schefter, baby. Uh, uh, our, our old buddy from high school, Chris Chickenance, who uh, uh, lives down in San Diego, texted me that he, he's heard in circles that uh, that maybe uh, this was just all a, a thing to get a reality TV show for those two. I think she was on the Atlanta Housewives. Oh, she was. That's I, okay. That's what I read. Don't know. How did he sure. make his money? Anybody have any idea? Uh, just, you know, rich old guy. I don't you yeah. know. I, I, my guess Very would be curious. finance, real estate. Very curious. You know, when I was, when I mean, we were in high school, I took, remember, Andro was a big thing that those guys were taking. Yeah. Uh, Mark McGuire. Yep. Dave DeLeon sold me some uh, Andro, and I took it, but I didn't lift. I just thought you just get strong without lifting. Part right. of it, nothing nothing changed. Yep. Uh, besides, I think I got a little fatter, but uh, I, I was an Andro user with no lifting. I uh, uh, Billy Whalen one. had some creatine in his trunk. We uh, yeah. did we we mixed some creatine out of the back of his uh, uh, Ford Mustang Bullet uh, right across the street from campus. What was that? Oak Avenue, right on Oak. Oak Avenue, Oak yep. Avenue. And then we walked across the street, and I went to the weight room for like the f- one of probably five times I lifted weights in high school. But then hit the batting cages. I, I don't think that creatine. I, I'm with you. I think the only thing that happened is I got a little fatter. <laughs> Yeah, because it, <laughs> it just adds water weight, you know. But I just—I mean, Mark was doing a couple it. Of idiots. That, that is, in fairness, yeah, it is. You know, when the journalists get on their moral high horse and say this has influenced the kids, it is true for people like you know, probably fourteen to seventeen. It's it does influence a small percentage of kids. No question, I'm with you. Never hit another home run. Yeah, I didn't block uh, many. Not people. even remember, inside the Parker. I remember Kyle Devan got a hold of me, and I went flying toward the sideline. and He made the tackle. Kyle Devan was pretty good. Yeah, he played in the league, started on a Super Bowl team. No big deal. Maybe that's how I got my hit off Dustin Pedroia, John. Yeah, I mean uh, Woodland's finest. He was a legend where we grew up. Yeah, he really was. Really I was. mean, he went to Arizona State, which was like Alabama baseball. Went to the Red Sox and was just a stalwart for one of the best teams. I mean, the Red Sox had a run that's one of the best runs ever, right? I mean, he just, was, yeah, they were MVP. No, he was Team a star. Look. Yeah, I told him one time at the we were in the I was doing the A's pre and post. He was sitting alone in the Red Sox dugout. I went up to him, just started talking. For people that don't know, John and I went. We're from Davis, which is like I don't know three miles from Woodland, which is where Dustin went to school. Dustin's a couple years older, 
I'd played against him in summer league. I'd gotten a base hit off of him. He's not a pitcher. Just was fucking around. So I, so in the middle of our, I wasn't going to open the conversation with this, but we're just talking. He was pretty cool. So I said, I know how this sounds, but I have to tell you, I got a hit off you in summer ball. And he goes, yeah, well, I was a shitty pitcher. I'm like, yeah, well, in other words, you must've been a shitty hitter. <laughs> well, yesterday guy, once I, you know, he retires, I go to his wiki page. I just wanted to read some things about him. He, the Woodland Wolves were Davis High's rival. Mm-hmm. He played baseball and football up until his sophomore year in high school. It might've been his freshman year in high school. When a guy from Elk Grove in a game broke his ankle, that guy was Cullins. named Lance Briggs. Oh, who's good buddies with Marcus Riley, who yep. we both know through Fresno State, Elk Grove guys. But Lance Briggs, I'm just thinking like Lance Briggs, star NFL player, Dustin Pedroia just going up. Who would have even thought maybe Lance at the time? Like people knew he was going to be a dude. But this little white kid from Woodland breaks his ankle. Yeah, that guy's going to be in a Major League Baseball MVP and win uh, World did he win two World Series? I think one of them he was injured. But yeah, the 18 World Series he wasn't. Was it 18? Feels like a lifetime ago the Red Sox won a World Series. 18. What about seven? He, he was not How active. many did they won? Four? He would they have been there. Four, he wasn't seven. there. He wasn't on the Millar, like that crazy no, comeback no, no. team. Yeah. So did he win two active and then three absentee kind of? Or was it yeah. one and two? Okay. I, I thought they were one and seven and then like another one, 12, 13. Yeah. Well, he would have won... Yeah, and then they won another one in 18, but he wasn't really a big part of that one. I guess they wouldn't have won in 12 because the Giants won. But But yeah, but I'm I'm with you. Uh, We're going to get to Adam Schefter today on the podcast. Podcast is brought to you by Ease. Ease. Promo code HAM, John, or promo code HAM10 if you're a returning user. Yep, this is what we need you to do. It's Super Bowl week. We need you to go to EAZE.com. We need you to use the promo code HAM. If you're a first-time user, you get $20 off a person, $50 or more. They got edibles. They got pre-rolls. They got vapes. They deliver to your house. You just go to ease.com, you type in your order, they deliver it to your house. Think Grubhub, think Uber Eats, think, think DoorDash, and then think cannabis, edibles, whatever. And they just will deliver it right to your house. Number one delivery in California, it ain't even close. Ease.com, promo code HAM, or for our returning users, HAM10. For the people that have used them both, tell your friends, girlfriends, cousins, family, do it right now. That's what we need you to do. If you, yeah. you, people often ask, like, how do we support? Is there a Patreon? No, we don't take your money. We want you to use our yeah. sponsors because we want to be good partners to our partners and we want to keep rolling. They got the IPAs. How about that for uh, Super Bowl Sunday? Uh, like John said, Ham, get you 20 bucks off your first order of $50 or more. Ham 10, get you 10% off if you're a returning user. Just got to be 21 or over. Verified online in minutes. Bing, bang, boom. Delivered to you in minutes. Podcast also brought to you by DraftKings. Sign up with the code ham Get in our game. There are uh, spots in our game still available, John, um, for Super Bowl Sunday. Have you seen? It's basically you pick five players. One of your five is is the king. They cost one and a half more, but they get you one and a half more points as well, depending on what they do in the Super Bowl. So if I, if I take Kelsey or Hill or Mike Evans or something as my king, and they have a big day, like a 10 catch, 150, and two touchdowns, that is a massive day. Massive. Huh? And you could have Mahomes and Brady on your team too. The Super Bowl, it's one game, so it's only five players on your team. You know what's funny? I have not made my team. I just reserved a spot in the game, and I looked, and it looked kind of weird. It didn't look normal. It's not You're, normal. I, I, I didn't look back. The king pays one and a half. One and a half. So let's talk a little strategy. It would not make much sense to put your quarterback as the king, probably. Or, I mean, if Mahomes or Brady throws four touchdowns, it could be a big day. Yeah, I think there are some... I've not played a game like this, so I'm developing these strategies unproven in the field of battle. Uh, Right now, you sign up with the code HAM. They're bringing back the golden ticket giveaway. Up to $55 million up for grabs. All you got to do is you sign up with the code HAM, then you enter the DraftKings free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you get a free instant prize up to $25,000. Up to $25,000. Download the app now, John. Code HAM. Enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. Use promo code HAM right now at DraftKings. Enter the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge. Do you know who you're going to play as your king? This is tough. I mean, I'm just... I've got a placeholder in there right now. Yeah, but I I don't want to say. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to say. say. It's, yeah, it's the say. integrity of the game, guys. Integrity, integrity of the game, of the John. Game. That's not easy. Honestly, I wish they did that during the regular season. Wouldn't that be pretty cool? Just have a five-player, just five players, not even oh, that's positionally. What, oh, you're saying it's not a normal... You don't play pick like a quarterback. No, you don't have to slot players. in positionally. You just got to fit them all under the cap, which is the hard part. 50 grand... But the king costs one and a half times. Yeah. So if Brady's ten grand, he's actually fifteen grand. Correct. That's what you're saying? Yep. Gotcha. Yep. Uh, it is Super Bowl week. I mean, crazy to say. I, I'll tell you. Uh, 
Does it feel like Super Bowl week to you yet? Uh, no, I mean, I've been, I was there last year in Miami. It was just obviously the Niners being there, the Chief Mahomes and the Chiefs being there. It was a unique Super Bowl for us, definitely for me. I mean, I, I talked to Veach, went to the Chiefs hotel. It was just fucking awesome. I don't know. The Niners were like on a, they basically had a Harbaugh season, but it felt better than any individual Harbaugh season probably up until the last 10 minutes because it was easier, right? They started 9-0 and or 8-0. It just felt like they were a team of destiny, especially the way the season ended. Then the two playoff games, like last year I'd say was pretty unique for us, just giving people that talk about the Niners a lot, mm-hmm, consume mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff. Just how it was just – sometimes I think you're just living in it. You probably don't appreciate it as much, but it happened really fast. Especially the playoff games guy, they eviscerated their opponents. It wasn't, they didn't even have like a moment. I think part of the playoff run is like, oh, when your heart drops of a fumble that you end up getting and you win the game and you're like relieved, the Niners just beat the shit out of the Vikings. Then they house the Packers. It's like in the Super Bowl. It's like a team, then they're favored. So part of the Super Bowl, I think that really kicks on, even if you're not off, even when you're not there, would be the Super Bowl media night. Just because funny stuff does happen from that night, right? Damashek asking people if it's a must-win game is a highlight, yeah. That's pretty funny. I mean, there's (laughs) always, like, the naked chick in there doing stupid stuff. Like, you know, I think uh, the Barstool guys have snuck in before the last couple years, right? They get banned, and they they find their way in with mustaches. It's just, they're they're just funny moments, and it's just not really happening. I'm watching Andy today talk with Coward. He's just talking from his office, which I bet they love, right? They don't have to do any of this crap. For the players and coaches, it's... This they're lucky to be in this. If you are going to make a Super Bowl just over the next five years, assuming you're not going to lose a star player for Corona, which you just you already see these guys got on the watch list or whatever because of the haircut, this year would be easier. It's just which is the worst. I mean, that's terrible. By the way, now maybe they could get back and play in time, but because um, your, well, you your barber tested the, it positive, it was the barber. I know who had tested who had tested negative like five days in a row, and they're like crazy. he's good. Then all of a sudden, like oh guys, can you imagine for like. Uh, coach, uh, Patrick was getting a haircut. I, they they would have to move the game back, right? You couldn't play the game if Patrick Mahomes couldn't play. I don't think you could. I think it'd be insane. Do you think that'd be con- would a lot of people be talking? It would be shit controversial. About yeah. Game? Well, talking. I, I mean, would, would a lot of people be talking shit? I think in real, like in real conversations between people really involved, I still I think it would be controversial. If you were Arians, because it'd be like, wait a second, could you, you ask could, our guys? Could you be that haircuts. mad if you were Arians? Or do you think they would understand or they'd be pissed? I mean, you'd have to be a little pissed because you'd be like, our guys didn't get haircuts. Our guys didn't put getting a haircut above the safety of the team. It probably did, though, just because everyone gets haircuts. No, I know. They definitely, everyone gets haircuts. I'm just saying, like, how can you really be mad at the end of the day? You're like, for haircuts? You're wearing a helmet. Yeah. I would support it. I'm all for getting your line right or, you know, keeping your head smooth. Chad Henning in the Super Bowl. And I like from what I've heard, Chan Eddie, they, they love him. But I think it's up. pretty crazy that this that a team is playing a home game in the Super Bowl. Like it, now, I know it's never happened, so it's not something we got to change any rules for. But this is it's pretty like uh, it's unfair. Now, I'm not big on fair unfair. Like I'm not saying they should change it. I'm just saying it's insane that they've got a game. I don't care that it's not a full stadium. They're in their home locker room. Their logo is everywhere. I'm not I'm not saying they shouldn't do it. I'm just saying it's pretty crazy and it's it's I don't know. It's nuts. Well, see, I'm going to push back and go I would say it would be a massive advantage for the Chiefs in a normal year if they were playing Tampa. One, they just went to a Super Bowl and they won it. So they would they understand the focus and like how to lock in for the week. But if you were playing a team that even if they have to stay at the team hotel, which they would, but it's their home game, that would be a disaster for them. Because I think a lot of times, like, guys, you know, we're in Miami. I don't have any hotel rooms for you. Nothing I can do. Then it's like, hey, uh, you know, hey, Devin, hey, Mike, I'm just going to stay at your house. Like, you got seven rooms. Let's stay there. And what's he going to say? Oh, yeah, you know, uh, yeah. And so it's just, it would be kind of a disaster. I actually think they got lucky that everything is just canceled, basically, and you don't have to really deal with it. And I'd also push back a little bit. I think there would be extreme home field advantages, 
like Green Bay or something in the cold. But most of the time, it's just the same little rotation, right? It's San Diego forever, Miami, New Orleans. That's basically it, it feels like. It's a very good point. I mean, I, I there's something to be said for that. Just like having everyone around you and you don't get to get away. But I do also think historically home field advantage and a part of it is crowd. So that gets mitigated when it's a Super Bowl crowd. It's not the same as like a regular season or even a playoff crowd. It's much more corporate. Yeah. But I do think just across the board, sports, the team that gets to play at home, they probably wouldn't even sleep in their own bed. They sleep at a hotel. So that gets mitigated too. But the team that plays in their home stadium does have some advantage to some degree. Now, you're right. Maybe it's not. Maybe it gets washed out a little bit by the amount of a, amount of crap you got to deal with when you're at home. But I don't know. It's I think just it's crazy just, I think, that a team I, could play I do think Super this, Bowl I, in their home stadium. I think this year... Just given that the you know the Chiefs aren't coming till Friday, the Tampa can just I'm sure staying in their home you know beds every night, kind of get to approach it like they have the last six months. So it's very, it's not as crazy for either team. I bet if you ask like Travis Kelsey, he's like you know this doesn't feel anything like last year. Right, it's probably Tom. He's like this is actually way easier. Yeah, but I do think there are perks. I remember last year when I went to talk to Veach. I stayed there for a while because I was like hanging out with like Mike Frazier, who's like Andy's number guy and other buddy on the scouting staff. And they were like, bro, last night, Jimmy Johnson spoke to the team and they're like, he still got it. And it I just, remember you because, telling me that because like Fox was doing the game and he got Jimmy and it was just they're like he, he tore down the roof, <laughs> you know, and there was just an element of that. Right. That I think coaches use some different angles with the people that are around and just embrace the situation that I think this week it's probably a little more difficult that way you're just approaching it like it's the Super Bowl which is I mean it's that's a huge game it's the biggest game of the year but I I do wonder besides some of these zoom calls with the media but these guys are kind of numb to that at this point anyway I'm gonna be fascinated to hear these guys talk about it after the game like yeah it was a little weird you know trying to hype up trying not to get too focused and once you get to the game it does feel big I don't know. I was listening to uh, uh, Moose Johnson was on Rosillo's podcast, and he was talking about the first time they played the Bills. He's like, the flyover comes, and our sideline is going nuts. Like, these dudes are just, like, hitting each other on the shoulders. We got our helmets up. We're screaming and yelling. He's like, you look over at the Bills' sideline, it was business as usual. Like, they've been there before. No big deal. And he's like, I wonder if that helped us, like, that we just had this incredible emotion for this game. It's crazy. That's kind of the in theory. That's Tom's team. Like the Chiefs were in this thing last year. Tom will be business as usual. Uh, but Tom gets pretty excited on game. Tom day. does get, and and I don't. I don't look like I think Mahomes. There is a looseness to Mahomes, and even to Andy Reid, right? That I doubt they'll have a total business as usual attitude too. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean it in a good way. Um, but there is just this dynamic with the Bucks. Like, yeah, they're playing in their home stadium. But most of their team is not like this is not their world. This is Tom's world, but this isn't Bruce Arians' world, right? Well, like this Mike isn't Mike Evans', Evans Godwin, world. None of these guys have ever made the playoffs. It's not their world. Yeah, Scotty Miller, <laughs> Devin White. Like these I guys. just think, John. I like the more we talk about it, I'm like, yeah, I think the Chiefs are going to win. But we're, but Tom Brady's playing a Super Bowl in his home stadium. Not only is Tom Brady well, in the Super Bowl, hasn't lived team, hasn't lived there that long. But though. his team is playing at home. In the Super Bowl. Yeah. It's if they were to win it, you could argue it's the greatest free agent signing in the history of sports. They just got Tom Brady, to win the greatest quarterback ever, won the Super Bowl immediately for a franchise that basically for 30 years has been, beside one couple years, been a joke. But it can't be any better. Like, just you signed him, you won. <laughs> it's as good as it gets. It, there is no possible way to make it better. You could have, like, won more regular season games, I guess, but who gives a shit? No one even cares. No one can recite beside like, you know, a couple people on Warriors Twitter how many regular season games they won those years with. If the 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 year we remember is the year actually they lost. I right? know it was a great year, seventy three. That 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 closing night of the NBA season was still one of my favorite sports memories. Not because it was their seventy third win, because it was Kobe's last game. I was thinking about it the other day because I remember being at a party on uh, over the summer and Game Six. Clay versus Oklahoma City, that game was on, and every there was a ton of people at the party, and this was in Fresno, and everyone wanted to watch the game, and they were getting killed, and everyone was talking like, their season's really going to end like this, and then it happened. 
people used to approach those Warriors teams a little bit like you would with football. I don't think you do that anymore do in the th- NBA. Do you think that was their mo- – for me, that clay game is the game – The it's not that the game itself was the most memorable, but – it's the game for me that I remember the most about my experience watching it. I remember where I was that night too. I was at our buddy Derek Ray's house in Corvallis. He works for the he's on the Oregon State football staff, and I was up there yeah. for a game. And I was and I was hanging out at his house with him and his wife that night. Like that game is number one for me. The Clay Game Six game. Yeah, it's up there. That's probably one or two. The regular season game when the super when the Super Bowl was going on in San Francisco. Or in Indianapolis, I can't remember. Maybe it was the combine, and Steph hit the one basically from half court, and he did like the seven banks. Remember that <laughs> oh, game? Yeah, yeah. You talking <laughs> about the OKC the game? game? That was the game when the Draymond, yeah, Draymond, game? Draymond threatened to beat up Steve Kerr. Lisa Salter said you could hear shit flying in there, Bang! and they win it. She's like, oh, reports are, uh, it's getting a little weird here in the locker room, uh, Mike. Like, what? <laughs> Yeah, she could hear the yelling through the door. Anyway, yeah, all right. I'm not a robot. Don't forget, ham mailbag. Submit us questions for the podcast to the ham mailbag. The way you do that, you just go to iTunes, leave us a review, five stars, and put a question in your review. We appreciate it. Yep, do it. We'll read it at the end of the podcast. We also guy have a lot of separate content on the YouTube page. Just type in Haberman and Ann Middlecoff should just come up right away. And uh, we got a ton of videos up there separate from what we're going to discuss here on the podcast. So go there. I think we're going to react to a bunch of videos from whatever Adam tells us. All right. Let's do it. Uh, should we talk to Adam Schefter? Yeah, let's talk to him. Here we go. Adam Schefter, ladies and gentlemen, the great ESPN NFL senior insider, author, Mr. NFL. The last time we had, Adam may not remember this, but I remember it well. The last time Adam Schefter was on our show, we were doing radio, and it was the same day he tweeted, the Niners are going to choose between Chip Kelly and Mike Shanahan, <laughs> and then they chose Chip Kelly. Wow. wow. It feels like a lifetime ago. That was Wasn't he? Ago. Wow, that's, that's, that's amazing. Wow. Wasn't he on the show and said, guys, I have to go? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> And uh, then one of those, that's Adam. First, that's not the first time that's happened on a, on a uh, radio show, podcast, whatever it may be. Uh, it's not the first time I've had to go. How many text messages on a daily basis, you think? Just depends on the time of the year. Every day is different. You, you, you text more? I, I know some old school people still call a lot. Would you consider yourself more of a caller, texter, or has it changed over time? Texting so quick, right? Like, you know, yeah. just now I was texting with somebody and uh, we were going over an issue on a team and and it was an interesting enough issue that all of a sudden the phone rang and it was the guy, you know, and then literally that's why I'm late to call in here because I was on the phone with that particular individual going over a certain issue that would be of interest to people. So, you know, I, I was telling John earlier, I was listening to your podcast last week, the Adam Schefter podcast, which is fantastic because something that I've noticed listening to it is you just say little things that may not be in a tweet. They may not appear on NFL live. One thing you said last Tuesday because you tweeted out this long list of quarterbacks. Like, all yeah. these guys could be on – just here's everybody that's unsettled. And you put the list at about 10 quarterbacks of guys that are solidly in place. And last Tuesday, you said Jared Goff could be traded. Um, so were, were you surprised to any degree by that this weekend? You were not. No. No. Um, again, he was on my list of yeah. quarterback whose future is in question. And – I think all you had to do was listen to the Rams GM, Les Snead, talk about him. And sometimes it's just little simple things. Now, you know, th- that, that there was more to that than just that. But when the GM comes out like that and, and, and says what he says publicly, he's our quarterback at this time, on this date, whatever day he did that interview, January. Like, he might as well just tell you we're, we're moving on from the guy, which they were. So that, that's what happened. They moved on from him. I've been asked, because I don't really understand, unless you knew you had a deal in place, and the Stafford deal at the time he said that, they didn't. They had a pretty good idea that they would be able to trade him but at, at that point in time. like Were, were there other teams interested beside the Lions, you think? In Stafford? In Goff. Goff. In Goff. They, 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 that was not as much of a factor in them – moving on from them. I think that they just felt like it was time to go a different direction and whatever direction that was going to be when they were going to get a new quarterback, if Goff could be a part of it. Great. Uh, I'm sure they had an idea on Matthew Stafford that they'd like to go after him. Um, I'm sure there are other quarterbacks, but by the way, like, you know, there are teams that are interested in Deshaun Watson. 
There's there have been these questions about Aaron Rodgers. Um, there's a lot of quarterbacks out there that have question marks. So I, I think the Rams just knew that they were going to be making calls and somebody else. And I, I don't think that they were confident that Jared Goff was going to be their quarterback in 2021, period. And so they didn't know what direction it was going to go, how it was going to take shape. But um, they knew that they were in the market to go see what else they could do. And obviously they moved pretty quick, as you saw. You know, the the, the 49ers have not said anything like anywhere close to what the, the kinds of things the Rams said. What, what would be your read right now on – Jimmy Garoppolo's uh, security in terms of being the quarterback for the 49ers next season? I think that they are where they were last year. I think they like Jimmy. I think they're good with Jimmy. I, I think to think that they wouldn't look around and see what's out there, I think that that would probably be naive. I think you investigate these things. You see what else is out there. Um, and if something can happen or something can come along, okay, uh, and you can make it work, then and if it's worth it, and it makes your team better, uh, you look at that. And if not, I don't think they have any problem riding with Jimmy Garoppolo going forward. Um, but it's just a question of what's available, who's available, at what cost, what makes your team better, what's the best option. Are they better with Jimmy Garoppolo? Would they be better off trading a player or two or a pick or two or a combination of picking a player? Um, so it, it, there's a lot of factors there that uh, go into it. Okay, let's go through a couple of players. Uh, Matt Ryan, what would you say his status is with the organization? I, I, I believe he'll be back for right now. I think he gets a year there. Uh, I think they let him finish up with a new coach and a new GM, um, get another year into his contract to where the numbers become more palatable. And uh, at that point in time, I think this gives him time to bring in another quarterback. Kirk Cousins. Yeah, you know, there's been this Kirk Cousins talk, and, and I guess something could happen, but I haven't heard that that's the case. So I, I don't know where that's coming from. It's coming from, uh, I think, probably Kyle's long, uh, I'll, I'll say love affair. I mean, Kyle, lost, yeah, Kyle has even said they didn't watch the Mahomes-Deshaun draft class because they thought maybe Kirk would become available. But, but, but again, what's happened in the last few weeks that, that all of a sudden Kirk Cousins is a part of this conversation? Probably the Niners not getting Stafford. I mean, that's where it creates at least a Twitter conversation, yeah. whether that's I mean, real I, or not. Know, look. Anything's always possible, but Kirk Cousins redid his deal last summer. Like, I know. Sort of, what's that? I, I don't. I don't necessarily believe it. I'm just saying it's kind of out there right now. It's something, and that's, and that's what I'm saying. You, you keep saying it's kind of out there, and I'm saying where is it out there? What? what Internet, Twitter, <laughs> social media. What, what does that mean? I don't. You know, like, I know. Who's, who's reporting? Is it credible? That's why I'm asking you. I have not heard anything about Kirk Cousins being available. I again, I. As Aaron Rodgers himself said, the great philosopher Aaron Rodgers, there are no absolutes in the league. Anything's possible. But I have not heard anything about Kirk Cousins being available this offseason. We'll see if anything changes. Vegas, Derek Carr. I don't know. It, it, it seems like it's a question that comes up every year with him. Yeah. And, and I think John Gruden has perpetual quarterback wanderlust. But Derek Carr's played pretty well for them. So I, I don't yeah. know the answer to that one. And then Tua? I guess the last one, yeah, Tua. It's a good one. Uh, you know who the Dolphins bring in? Like again, I I think it's it's not unlike Jimmy Garoppolo. They like their guy. Um, if somebody, if the Houston Texans came to them and said, "Hey, uh, what would you give us for Deshaun Watson?" Would they talk about it? I think they would. I think they would. You'd be crazy not to. And so, uh, don't think that's happening right now. But but uh, that's where it's at. One player that Sam Darnold, the new coach, Robert Sala, he refuses to name a starter, which is, I would say, a little weird given the circumstances. Is it fair to say that he might be on the move? Why would Robert Sala have to name a starter? He's never seen Sam Darnold play. True, but, I mean, he's the number three overall pick. He's been their full-time starter since he showed up. We, 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 we don't need Robert Sala to say that he's the starter to know that the Jets quarterback options are wide open. So – him saying that Sam Darnold is a starter would lock himself into a corner that he doesn't want to be locked into. Sam Darnold might be their starter, but I, I can tell you this, the Jets are going to look around at their options. Why wouldn't they? Of course they are. So Robert Sala is not going to say this guy's the starter. Sam Darnold, even as the number three pick, even as much potential, he hasn't done enough to prove that 
we're handing him the starting job right now. He hasn't done that. Right? So, I mean, I, I would agree, but, the, you know, let's think a couple of years ago when Kingsbury got there with Rosen, he basically lied, right? Said that they were Rosen was okay. going to be their quarterback. And then they went, you know, Sala, I, we've been around him and, you know, followed him pretty closely. He, I think he's uncomfortable lying. Like he could easily say that even if they weren't going to do that. And it does feel like Sam Darnold's probably not on their team next year. Is that fair? I, I, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say that they're going to look at every option and like the Niners and like the Dolphins, they're going to do what's best for them. Do I think that Sam Darnold's going to be there? He might, he might not. I will not be surprised if he's not, but I don't know that he won't. What would he fetch, you think? Does he get a first-rounder if they make him available? Depends on the level of interest, and it depends on how the quarterback chairs fall. So if all of a sudden there were a bunch of teams in on Matthew Stafford and they look at Sam Darnold and they say, you know, we really like this guy. Do I think they're getting a top-10 pick for Sam Darnold? No. Do I think that they could get a first-round pick, a later first-round pick? Yes. Yes. Now, again, Let's use Carolina as an example because they were linked to Matthew Stafford. Carolina's got the eighth pick in the draft. Do I think that they would trade the eighth pick for Sam Darnold? No. So maybe they trade the eighth pick to the Jets. And and this it's not going to happen. I'm just giving you an example. No, I know. Talking about maybe they trade the eighth pick and then the Jets send them back their their second round, their second first round pick, so that the Jets go up to eight. But then there's some sort of offset there. Again, Sam Darnold in my mind. Uh, I know people will say, no way. Uh, they, they'll say he's not worth a first-round pick. I headed into the offseason thinking that they would get a second-round pick and maybe something else for him. I thought that would be his value if they decided to trade him. I think with all the movement going on, I think with what Matthew Stafford went for, I think that his value in the end, if they trade him, will be some sort of late one. That's my that's my wow. sense and belief. So, I mean, we, we talk about Deshaun a lot, and – uh, you know, there was a discussion after Stafford got traded as to whether or not that trade affects in any way Deshaun's value if it raises his value. But that was pretty unique. It had a lot of money in golf going back. A, I guess there's two parts to this, right, Adam? One, are the Texans, you think, committed to trying to get him to return? Yes. And they are. Okay. So you would have to, bl- so that you would have to blow them away with an offer. And what does that mean? Does that mean three ones and two players? Or You know, here's the, the Texans just aren't there today. They're just not there today. So, uh, again, a team can try to make an offer, but they're, they're, they, they think, right or wrong, they think Deshaun's their quarterback. I I don't agree with them today, but that's their quarterback, and that's their opinion. And, and you know, there, there was this great curiosity after the Stafford move. Okay, well, who's next, and when is this happening with Deshaun? They, they are not on the same tracks they're not on parallel tracks. They're not running at the same speed. Stafford and the Lions had agreed to go their own separate ways. With Deshaun Watson, he wants to be traded, and the Houston Texans don't want to trade him. So the dance plays out, and let's see how it goes. I mean, we'll see. You know, I think two teams that were closely connected, fair or not, with Stafford were the Niners and the Colts. But the big di- difference, as we talked about with the Niners, they have Jimmy under contract. They just have a fallback plan no matter what, a guy that helped them get to a Super Bowl. The Colts, Rivers retires. Jacoby's a free agent. I know Jacob Eason's saying that he could be the starter or whatever, but what about Andrew Luck? I mean, once upon a time, you broke the story. Andrew Luck was retiring. They continued to pay him, right, or they didn't ask for the bonus money back. Yeah. You know, Has there ever been conversation about trying to get him to talk, come back? I don't know if you would know. Does he ever? Do you think he ever has interest in coming back? Is that even an option, or is that something just water under the bridge, it's over, they're looking forward? You know, it's, it's a great question, John. What I would say is that, that there's always fascination with these guys. You heard story about stories about whether Calvin Johnson would come back, Barry Sanders would come. Whenever a, a, an athlete walks away like that, the way that Andrew did, yeah. I, I think people are always waiting and curious. Now, uh, I'm not telling you that he won't ever come back, but the indication I've gotten from the Colts, the times that it has come up, and it hasn't come up recently, but they, they've said he's retired. They've said he's retired at this time, but you know, people go through life and their and their priorities change and their circumstances change and um I, I I don't know what Andrew's situation is, but I have not heard to date the conversation of him coming back again. Sorry to do this. To quote the great philosopher Aaron Roger, there are no absolutes. Anything's always possible. I because I, I don't want to say, oh, he's not coming back and then 
six months strike. I don't I don't know that he is coming back. I haven't heard from a football standpoint, they are pretty well equipped if he was interested to kind of slide right back in and hit the ground running. Oh, th- that team was built to win a Super Bowl with Andrew Luck. I know. And they're still paying the price for him. Not his fault at all. Like they were built to win the Super Bowl with him, and now they need to figure out how to get a quarterback, whoever that quarterback is. You keep you keep quoting the great philosopher Aaron Rodgers. Did what he say after the Packers loss surprise you? Was there more to it than you know? He went on with McAfee a couple days later, and everything kind of smoothed over. But uh, it's it, you, you can't deny that what he says is built on two things, right? The history of the league and the experience that he had. He's had the shoe on the other foot. He's been the Aaron Rodgers to Brett Favre, and now he's the Brett Favre. Um, is, there, is there, I don't know, did that surprise you that Aaron said that? Is, is that, a, in your mind, something that's been simmering with him, or is it just what he said, just simply the way life is? I thought it was pretty revealing that he'd come out and speak like that. I think it got everybody's attention. Now, he walked it back some with Pat the next day and seemed to try to minimize it. But clearly there are feelings that he has. And I think there are feelings that people, certain people in the Packers organization have. So, um, look, he's one of the best players in all of football. Not just best quarter, best players. And as I like to say, they, they didn't just draft a quarterback. They traded up to draft a quarterback. I, you know, that, I, I, think, I don't think that sat well. And it's a reflection of how certain people felt about him and vice versa. And so I, I think that as much as they say he, he's our quarterback, we want him back, and I believe all that, you can't deny that there's just clear sailing in that relationship. Like there, there are some issues there, like there aren't any other relationship. Does, mo- does money fix that? Never know, right? Sometimes yeah. it does. <laughs> you know, the NFL works on a timeline, and, and typically once the combine hits – then I think news starts breaking about potential trades, veterans getting moved, all that type of stuff. We're off that timeline because the combine isn't going to happen in the Stafford thing, first domino. Do you expect a lot more stuff to happen maybe once the Super Bowl ends right away, or is this hard to tell? Well, again, people are spoiled on the Stafford story. Like, it happens. Uh, the Alex Smith trade happened on that exact day three years ago. And even though the calendar has been blurred and dates have vanished, um, there's usually not a lot of activity in late January, early February in terms of trades. There's a lot of planning, plotting, strategizing. Um, and and we may get another quarterback move here in the next week or so. I mean, that's always possible. It could come at any time. But um, I'm not aware at this time of anything being imminent as we speak. Could that change? <laughs> You know what the great philosopher says. Well, we'll, we'll uh, we appreciate your time. We'll go watch you on NFL Live. Something could happen. Last time we talked to you, something happened ten minutes later. That you know. So, well, hey, that that this story of my life. I you could say it was almost a lot of conversations I have. <laughs> something happens ten minutes after a lot of conversations I have. All right, John. Before we get into what Adam Schefter just told us, mybookie.ag promo code ham one. Mybookie.ag promo code ham and the number one. They will match your first deposit by 50% up to $1,000. If you accept that bonus, you do have to bet the full amount before you can withdraw any winnings or funds. Uh, You can also decline the bonus. Either way, use the promo code HAM1 uh, because then they know that we sent you and we appreciate that support. What are you looking at right now when you you got some more Super Bowl props to uh, peek at? Well, I I can't stop thinking about the ones that I like. I, I do think dabbling a little bit on Hill and Kelsey. If the Chiefs win... And they score a lot of points. I think there's a decent chance one of those guys has a big game. Just because I, I don't think it's just they always have good games. Another name, though, that is somewhat of a sleeper and where this guy has value is he could catch a big bomb. They throw like screen passes to him. But you know what they also do is they he's in the return game. What about McCole Hardiman, who had the muff punt with the Bills but then he had the big screen pass. They scored another touchdown. He returns. Is that I'm, – I'm looking up his name right now, McCole Hardiman. I bet you can get him pretty good. Where the fuck is he? I can't find him. Uh, oh, there he is. He's 50-1. to 1. That's the one thing Hill and Kelsey are 10-1. to 1. Yep. What if I told you he has a kick return and another screen to the house and the final score is like 28-24 and he has two touchdowns in the second half? 
And it was a tie. It was like 14, 14 and a half. And he has the two touchdowns, but one of them, because the one thing with Kelsey and Hill, Mahomes gets credit for them kind of too, right? It's like, Oh, Hill had this deep bomb. Well, Patrick throws it. Well, if this guy takes a punt or kick to the house, he gets credit for that. And Mahomes doesn't like he can separate Patrick to him. Yeah. And, and his pass from Patrick could be a screen pass. That he takes to the house. Uh, I did get a, t- a tweet from somebody who said that they've been doing first player to score props all year, just in whatever game, in some games that they've been watching. I don't know if that means just the playoffs or I have not paid that close attention to those props. So I don't know if you can do them for every game, but you can do them now. Anyway, uh, the guy that tweeted at me said he loves them. Just betting on the first player to score in a game is a lot of fun. It actually does sound like quite a bit of fun. So uh, you can do that. You can do, I mean, there, there are nonstop props at mybookie. Dot .ag uh, promo code ham in the number one. Who would Will you it, go with on that one? Uh, well, I liked when we talked about it the other day, you're like, if you think would Kansas City is going to win the toss, <laughs> that was a great line. Uh, it's it's 50-50. Um, I'd probably Tyreek. See, I was thinking, I was thinking one of the... Uh, Antonio Brown? Is he, is he, is he playing? Uh, that's a good... I don't think we know yet. I was thinking going with one of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, like Evans or Godwin, because I remember looking, it was like 10 to 1, or maybe Evans was 12 to 1, Godwin was 14 to 1. I mean, Brady throws to those two guys. Yeah. You know. What one guy I think probably not, Scotty Miller, value or not value? I feel like he just scored. He's people are going to be picking Scotty Miller. Yeah, I feel I feel he's an overvalued asset right now. Maybe does Gronk get one? Uh I mean, I don't think you can ever go wrong thinking that Tom's gonna throw his way. Right, he did it once in the last game, though. Now it went for twenty yards, whatever it was. But well, I mean, they got Rojo, and they got. I just don't think Gronk. I don't know that Gronk's the the best red zone option. The problem with Tampa is it's kind of hard to pick one of the five guys. If if you told me they're at the five yard line, they hand it to Lenny, and he scores, it's believable. Like I do feel like it's Hill or Kelsey. Probably like Rojo maybe is a little undervalued here. But I'm with you. Like there's so many options. See, but I think Lenny's been running so well. I know he has. I know. I know you love saying Lenny. You see that, Le- I guess Lenny said the other day that he, when he got drafted and and Mitchell went ahead of him, he's like, honest to God, I didn't know who Mitchell Trubisky was. I believe that. I do too. He, by the way, Schefter, for people who, he's wearing a t-shirt, he was on NFL Live nine minutes after we finished talking to him, he had NFL Live. And uh, you can watch some of the clips of the conversation we had with him on, him on YouTube. I don't know who was texting him during the show. We appreciate his focus because it was had to be good stuff. He just got off the phone with somebody when he started the, sh- the uh, interview with us. So, busy man. We appreciate him making time. Yeah, we do. That was fun. It was fun. He, uh, he, We're on the same side as him. We were trying to, you know, with Kirk Cousins. Yeah. We agree, internet rumors. But you and I were laughing after we talked to him. Like, it's kind of funny to be like, Schefter's like, where's it coming from? And you're like... Well, it's coming from the internet, Adam. <laughs> well, I don't believe the internet rumors either. But I do have. To, I mean, what am I going to ask him? Because like, we just—he's not going to. Adam's like, who's your source? Stuff. I'm Adam I Schefter. Don't, I don't have sources. <laughs> You're the guys who know all these people. Uh, it was it, it was great. So anyway, we'll break down some of the stuff on YouTube as well. Uh, we'll do maybe some more in depth Jimmy and Darnold on our YouTube channel. But it was interesting that he said Darnold. He thinks Darnold is a first round pick. Like Darnold could get a first round pick in a. In a trade, now he said back end of the first round, but that's what he thinks the value for him is. Yeah, the Steelers. I don't know if you'd necessarily consider the Colts at the back end, but again, there are teams that need quarterbacks that at the end of the first that are quote unquote playoff teams, right? Yeah, and then they're just it's it's also supply and demand. Do any of these? If Matt Ryan and Kirk Cousins, but I won't even count Kirk Cousins. If Matt Ryan doesn't go anywhere, and Garoppolo doesn't go anywhere. Maybe Mariota does. Like, who are really the options out there? We're like, oh, this quarterback dominoes. Well, what if they don't stop falling? <laughs> what if we don't get any movement? Feels like there probably won't be as much as we think, but there's got to be something just because the Jets draft two and I agree, and the Dolphins draft three. I was listening to his podcast last week. One thing he said was on that podcast, we didn't get to it with him, uh, was that if if there was a redraft, he thinks Herbert would go one. He's yeah, and that's not crazy to say, but. Um, and like you were saying to me, was it you or you talked to somebody who said basically like, how could you, if you're the dolphins, not walk around the building going, what did, what did I, I had do? a buddy that said I had to, you know, I think a lot of times in the off season teams that you don't play 
and you're a pro scout, you have to have grades on every player in the league. So, like, as free agency starts, it's not just guys that are going to be free agency, right? Or free agents. It's going to be trades. Like, what if so-and-so? So, you just, maybe one of his teams was the Chargers. You grade every, you put a grade on every single player. He's like, bro, I just watched Herbert. And I think a lot of guys, you don't really, until you focus on a guy, and he just said it's Trubisky Mahomes all over. And my pushback, like, I think it's crazier because I think Mahomes kind of helicopter, you know, came in on a on like a parachute. No, no one was really talking about him. At the time, like Herbert, people were. He was going to go top five or six, and Tua was injured. And regardless, it wasn't crazy when the Dolphins took Tua. But as a, as a scout texted me the other day, it's their job to get it right. So who gives a fuck like what the media was saying, what Lewis Riddick was saying, what we say on this podcast? It's Miami's job to not give a fuck what the outside, for them to get it right. That is their sole job. Not like media narratives, not whatever. It's just you pick the best player. That's literally what they're paid to do, and they missed. Like there's just no way around it. He I, And I text my buddy back. I said, how, how good do you think he could be? He's like, there is no limit on his ceiling. And for anyone that watched a lot of them, that's just, that's a fact. Yeah. That doesn't mean he's going to get there. It doesn't mean he won't regress, but his talent is light years stronger than Tua's. And that's a problem if you're Miami. And not just his talent. I mean, one thing, it's it's more than just raw talent, right? It translated. One thing Brandon Staley told Schefter was like, I've been talking to players since I got this job on our team. And the things they tell me about what they think of Herbert, like they all love him. Like he... what if I told they you all believe Miami him. had Herbert? How would we view them? They might have won a playoff game this year. Wouldn't we view them as like a powerhouse for the next four or five years? Like just a team that to be reckoned Four with? or five. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying like they would just be going into next season. They yeah. would be a pick to compete with the Chiefs, right? They have a good coach. They have Absolutely. a good team. Good defense. <laughs> and a lot of times in that, they're like, well, they're just, they're just a quarterback away or whatever. They just had the fifth pick. You know, that's... That, I don't know how you shake that. And I think it's if you do trade Tua and then you draft a guy, then there's double pressure on you. Yeah, you're like, like well, what's Tua doing? Okay, is he as good as Kyler? Because you know what the Cardinals had that they don't have is the first pick to get to get rid of Rosen. You're saying, yeah, the Cardinals had the first pick. They got they could get the guy they want. The Dolphins, in theory, could get the third quarterback off the board. Yeah, they'd be picking a worse quarterback than they could have last year. There's no way around it, guy. It's a devastating move as we sit here today. Yeah. And yes, it could change, but as we're here today, it's it's cringeworthy if you're them every day. You, how would you not think about it? Tua uh, just said, I, I saw a quote that on Roto World, he he quantified his rookie season as below average. The problem, Tua, is the guy that went right after you had the greatest rookie season in the history of the league. And it was, it's not even just the numbers. Like, like you said, it just... You watch him, you go, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, Adam Schefter says, I'm Adam Schefter. You're telling me the internet says Kirk Cousins is on the move? Uh, You know, this is the guy, remember, that said on his podcast last week, he thought Jared Goff could be traded. That's who we're talking to here. Several days before Goff got traded. Nobody was thinking about it. That's the guy saying he's not buying Kirk Cousins on the move rumors. Well, let's remember, and he mentioned this. He just said they gave him a lot of money. I brought up his contract last offseason, and I think people were like, what? They gave him a, an extension with $66 million guaranteed and a $30 million signing bonus. And they were good on offense. Like, he is not their problem. They're, the reason they missed the playoffs this year, they went 7-9. and nine. Their defense was atrocious. Kirk Cousins, when I watched him, was pretty good. Justin Jefferson had borderline historic rookie year. Thielen dominates. They're just Irv Smith's good. Dalvin Cook. If I'm them, I have a defensive coach. Why don't we do this guy? Draft and sign defensive players and try to be a little incrementally better better on defense. How could we not think of ourselves as like we're nine and seven, ten and six? We're in the playoffs. We've been a playoff team. We view ourselves as a playoff organization. It's not like we're some random team. So when I see these internet rumors. I put zero stock into him. I I hate Twitter, personally. I just use it for rumors, but from Schefter and the real guys. But sometimes you end up on the fake rumors, which you just read them and you go, oh, and you just think to yourself, would I do that? I just don't see why the Vikings... Jimmy Garoppolo, one, is not as good as Kirk Cousins. 
just in a vacuum right now. Kirk Cousins, better player than Jimmy Garoppolo. Two, Kirk Cousins plays every fucking game. So if I was just doing a one-on-one trade, I would rather have Kirk Cousins than Jimmy Garoppolo. So I get that coming from Kyle, but why would the Vikings, one, want to get rid of a player? You're, you've already paid this guy, so I'm going to take Jimmy. I'm going to pay him too. Like, what? how does that make any sense? It doesn't make much sense for Minnesota. No, they're in win-now mode, and Their coach they've is got old. a winning quarterback. The guy's got 91 touchdowns and 29 picks in three years. Like you said, he's better than Jimmy. Won them a road playoff game, remember, at the Saints two years ago. He made throws. Matt Stafford's out because Matt Stafford didn't want to be in Detroit anymore. Deshaun Watson's a story because Deshaun doesn't want to be in Houston anymore. I have not seen the tweet from Kirk Cousins' agent that says Kirk doesn't want to be in Minnesota anymore. Why wouldn't he not want to be there? They pay him a ton of money. It doesn't exist. Remember, he picked it there. He didn't get drafted there. He chose to go there. Remember that? He signed as a free agent with the Vikings. Yeah. He's made a lot of money there, guy. So, uh... Yes, we, I got no reason to do Now, the reason it comes up is because Kyle Shanahan has said he likes Kirk Cousins. Like, we know that he lo- That's why it comes up. You're trying to find a Niners quarterback. It doesn't come up because the Vikings people are talking about it. Right? No. Well, if you just put it in a vacuum, would you trade Kirk Cousins straight up for Jimmy Garoppolo? I don't think a team in the league would do that. Right? If they had Cousins on their side. Of course, the Niners would do that. And then you start putting in picks. Well... We're risking Jimmy Garoppolo. What, what I don't think, whenever I get in these arguments, whether it's through text messages on social media, you can't just look at Jimmy Garoppolo like a player. He's a player that doesn't consistently play. When's the last time Kirk Cousins missed a game? He missed one last year, but I mean, that could have been him sitting week 17. I don't remember exactly. He's played every game, either. he's made every start since 2015, except for 2019. He made 15 starts. So for basically the last six, seven years, he does not miss games. Yeah. And he yeah, throws, I, and a lot, and he's basically for six years been a give or take about a thirty touchdown player. Last year he was yeah. thirty five, coming off a career high for touchdowns. I think the Niners would rather have Kirk Cousins than Jimmy Garoppolo. I didn't used to think that, but now I do believe that. You know the thing with football, things change. One guy keeps getting hurt, the other guy just plays. And I mean, guy, thirty five touchdowns last year. Like, you think? Do you think Jimmy Garoppolo will ever have a season where he throws 35 touchdowns? Honestly, God, because I don't. No, I mean, look, I'll say this. And you and I talked a lot about Kirk Cousins before the Niners got Jimmy Garoppolo. And the more we watched him, I think the less we wanted him to be the 49ers quarterback because my take certainly was I don't think he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. But I've got to eat crow on this one, John. They would be better if he was their quarterback for the last three years. Their organization would be in a better place. If Jimmy Garoppolo was not the Niners quarterback and Kirk Cousins had been the Niners quarterback for the last three years. Now, they, they didn't kick they his ass. They might not have made the Super Bowl. I know. But they would be better off. Yeah, well, I, that's where it gets, it's hard to make that claim because they did go to the Super Bowl. But that's where you'd say, well, if they'd won the Super Bowl, you couldn't say it. But they, they did. They have two years mixed into the three that were a disaster with their quarterback. I just, today, right? right now, this second, their organization, they'd be better off if he was their quarterback. Yeah. That's hindsight, twenty twenty, whatever. It's but yeah, that's that's where it's at. So Schefter shot it down, John. You heard it here. But I just like the one Tell thing the with Kirk Cousins. He's in his early thirties. If you're the Vikings, like you, you now have offensive players. Don't you just need to figure out the defense? And your head coach is being a defense. Why would you get rid of the guy? I mean, you For chose. Remember him and Diggs. There's like this thing with him and Diggs. They got rid of Diggs. They traded Justin Jefferson, and he was awesome. Yeah, it was the right move. So. Yeah, I just I, I think Kirk Cousins, I think the Niners would want Kirk Cousins, but I don't think it's an option. Like would you would the Niners trade right now Jimmy Garoppolo in a third for Kirk Cousins? Because I th- I would do that. Yeah, but why in the hell would the Vikings do that? Well they won't. <laughs> but I think that, that the, But the would rumor, the Vikings take a first and Jimmy Garoppolo for Kirk Cousins? Well, yeah. I would start you know, would you, you, you you wouldn't take twelve and Jimmy Garoppolo for Kirk Cousins? I'd think about it. Because if I'm them, I'm like, no, I have a quarterback. Unless I really like Jimmy Garoppolo. Or unless I think with that 12th pick, I love Mac. I don't know, whatever I'm getting with that 12th pick. You make me think with 12. You would make them think, but they don't. My point is, they don't want to do that. Yeah. They don't want to. Do you want to trade 12 for Kirk Cousins? People don't want Jimmy Garoppolo. I I think that's what people don't understand. And, And I've been saying it over and over, and I might be like, his value, I keep saying a fourth, that could be strong. And, and, and why I think it might be a fourth is you're not tied to him. Yeah, you can I, just wiggle. I mean, you know. But fourth to me might be as high as his value goes. Well, He's injured a lot. 
We'll make a video about that. Okay, mailbag time. Go to the iTunes. Give us a review. Leave a question. Do it. And do it now. Very simple. Handbag. Yeah. Hand mailbag. Yeah, do Five it Five-star reviews. Five leave your star. questions. So we got a question early in the week that we're going to get back to now, which was about radio, oh, about our radio days. Yes. For those of you new to the podcast, many, many moons ago, we did a radio show. Yes, we did. A lot of fine people we worked with. We got to do a radio row in person once. Yes. It was quite an experience. Yes. I, I think <laughs> there is a little bit of a lead up to that experience. Yeah. We had a new boss. I think things had started, I wouldn't say to go off the rails, but it started to become weird. The person that put our show together was gone. He had quit to move back to New York to be with his kid. Turns out he started his own company. I mean, smart guy. <laughs> I, JB, I would have left yeah, him. Very smart guy. Left us with this new boss. At first, it felt pretty normal. And it got weird really fast. And part of it was my doing. I was doing Raiders pre and post, I guess, post game, which... I started saying some things. The Raiders didn't like it. Their contract was up. They were negotiating. I became a part of that, remember, because that was leading up to the Super Bowl. They were negotiating with the Raiders. They didn't like me, and they wanted me to, like, apologize or take down tweets. And that's when that started kind of uh, rolling down the hill of Middlecoff, gotcha. the lead negotiator at Intercom, mad at Middlecoff because the Raiders had their panties in a bunch because John said a 1-13 team should play better. <laughs> Literally. Oh, and by the way, 0, I they were zero and ten. One, I got a call from a team president. I'm not trying to rehash, but now that I'm into it, zero and ten tweeted <laughs> out that zero and sixteen is possible within a couple hours. They were zero and ten. Let me repeat, zero and ten. I got a, a voicemail screaming at me, and that then I, we we were told that I was able to say whatever I want. The new boss came; those rules changed. And because you're my yeah. partner, brought and we should also it. say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should also say we have rehashed all of this on an old podcast, like back when people gave a shit about yeah. this. No, I don't does. care. No one cares now. No. But it leads the reason we're doing it, there's a specific story as it relates to Radio Row, which is the week of the Super Bowl where all the media goes. And our new boss uh, wanted us to wear polo shirts, like golf shirts with the radio station logo on it. And we didn't want to do it. Because we thought it made us look goofy. Like every old radio guy loves wearing the polo shirt, same one four days in a row. We didn't want to do it because we wanted to roam around, spread our wings at Radio Row, try to make some connections and not be the guys who work for the radio station, but be just us, right? And meet new people and just feel like a little more, uh, I don't know, professional's not the word. But I'd even say once you go in there, see where my pushback, no one's fucking wearing those shirts. None of the other stations. Well, at this Nobody event. at our radio station was doing it either. That's no. the thing. But because we were the youngest guys and kind of, you know, you're not you're not telling Greg Papa what to wear. You're not telling John Lund what to wear. Um, we were making the least money. We're the easiest guys to try and imprint on. The problem was we were probably the most difficult to work with for the new boss because we were happy to move on. We knew our contracts were ending soon and we weren't fighting to stay. We weren't Greg, to Greg stay. Papa did tell him at the Super Bowl, get the fuck out of my face. That, that was a story. That's right. I forgot. About, I <laughs> I was not there for that, but I heard the yeah. recounting of that story by many people. So uh, it came down to like we were going to be the ones that they were going to try and push to wear the new shirts. And it became you wouldn't think this. It became a huge deal that we weren't wearing the shirt, that we weren't going to wear the shirts. Guy, this is thinking back about this. This sounds like <laughs> the Lions or the Browns. Like, this is so low level. I, I, it honestly, but wouldn't it makes you say to cringe. us, like, you idiots, you work for a company, they pay your bills, put the shirt on, damn it. <laughs> but that's, that, that's, you where could I, that's where I had to lay the groundwork and it started getting weird and we weren't on the yeah. same page. And it was, I'm just, just saying, if we're being, if we're being honest about ourselves, we probably were not the, not probably, I know this, we were not the easiest people to manage. We did not go along with all the rules. No. Um, there were changes that they wanted to make the show, which we didn't want to do. When when Freddie Kitchens and, is uh, coaching you, it's hard to be like, yeah, this play's going to work. I just go with it, right? There was a... Uh, God, I could start telling a bunch of stories, which is not what we're here to do. We're just here to tell the Radio Row story. Did we... Now, here's the part I don't remember. I remember having the shirt, like, over my shoulder. Yeah, we, I mean, we were, like, buttoned Did we up. eventually put them on? I, I don't remember. Maybe we did. I, I just remember, remember getting I, ready to go talk to Dan Marino, and we were worried about wearing the shirt. 
And Dan was pretty good, even Did, though he's a little edgy. No, remember Dan after four and a half minutes was like, so we're going to talk about AARP or what? Yeah. Like literally he said that during the interview. So Dan had had enough. Remember you were watching YouTube us. and you're like, bro, watch this throw. Because you watch Montana and he just looks like a normal yeah. thrower. I do. And then you yeah, watch Marino. Right. It looked like he was shooting a machine gun. It's like, oh my, no wonder everyone blows this guy. The ball. Yeah. We always do the miles an hour pitcher. What was he throwing? 105? I mean, it was a... And that was like 84, right? Peak, young, Marino. Yeah, it was incredible. I remember we watched it. So in Marino's defense, being edgy with us, he sat down with these two guys that were like, dude, we just watched some of your YouTubes. I got to tell you, we think you're pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. I remember Lewis Riddick once described a Marino throw. Like most throws, you can kind of see it coming. You don't even... It just flies over your head. And you realize just watching the YouTube. I actually might do that tonight. Yeah. Felt underrated. But I remember anyway, watching that thinking like, this guy doesn't get his due. That was that was one of our big Radio Road dramas. And I think it was of the many things that happened during the end of our employment uh, at 95.7 The Game. Again, a lot of good people. Yeah. Uh, but I would say that was one of the one of the bigger, uh, in, like if, if uh, uh, what's the guy's name? I love him from SI who writes like one article a year. Is it Rosenberg? Oh, Harbaugh's buddy? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's Michael Rosenberg, yeah. Yeah, Michael, he writes like one article a year, and it's just like like all these, if you ever wrote like a retrospective of all the fights we had in the last like eight months of our radio tenure, that would, this would be one of the central disputes of like, I'd say probably a solid like 16 disputes. Well, Uh, I'm going to give my last part of this. I think a lot of times, I think you can use football as an example, when a new coach comes, the reason he gets rid of, I think a lot often, good players, sometimes good coaches he just needs to be able to that be a, know that person trusts him. And I think a lot of times, like with a new or an older player, and I'm, we weren't older players, but we had been there for a while and we had success. The only station, the only show on the platform that would hit number one. Uh, no big deal. But for a we, month. Had done, we had done it for a month, but it happened. No one else could say that. <laughs> and uh, youngest, you know, radio show in a major market in America. But. We, were, we weren't some like J.J. Watt with David Cully coming in. Like, I'm going to do it my way. I'm not saying J.J. Watt's doing this, but weren't dead set up. We were open-minded. Like, hey, we'll work with anybody. We want to. We were open to be coached. And then it was pretty clear six months in, we had a Freddie Kitchens, Matt Patricia on our hand. And I think there were elements to the Raider stuff that made it quadrupled the weirdness. Uh, if, if I could have one, it was a big deal. I remember when I got hired in radio to do that show and looking back, I mean, that was probably the beginning of end for us, just given what is required in that kind of spot, or at least what they wanted, even though if you do the Raiders or excuse me, the Yankees pre and post, the Giants pre and post, the Dodgers pre and post, the Cowboys pre and post, I do think you kind of understand what you're a part of. The Raiders weren't bringing us any business, right? Uh, like, w- if we raided, it was not because of them. You and I liked them just because we liked talking football. Derek, we'd known from Fresno State. They were the opposite of a cash cow. They-, they brought you down, actually. They were bad for business. And it was just, it was something that, just a weird time, you know, professionally. To I, I didn't understand a lot. I don't think you understood more than me, but I don't think we, uh, I definitely didn't comprehend the situation we were in and kissing ass. I'm not a good ass kisser when I don't respect you. I do remember very early on saying to you, I, something's not right here. <laughs> like I've been around and I don't think this one's going to work. Yeah. It did. Uh, it, it did. <laughs> and I remember you saying to me shortly, like maybe a month or two later, like, Oh my God, you were right. <laughs> I can tell why well, I think and we still had a ways to go. I think one thing you look back and you learn is that, we didn't believe because we thought it was a clown show. We kind of started acting like that. And people around us, everyone yeah. was like yeah. on board with us. Everyone's like, God, everyone right. thinks it's a clown show. Yet looking back, I think beside Papa, I don't think everyone acted like it was a clown show. Clearly. Well, a lot of good no, company I mean, men. You well, also, I mean, look, you consistently, me and you did similar things as malcontents. Yes. And yeah. I got more shit for it than you did, even That's though right. there were several times. It was incredible. When it was like guy wouldn't. It really was. It incredible. was like guys just guys worse than me here, and yet I'm getting yelled at. <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> we would have these pre-show meetings, and I wouldn't even turn around. No, no eye contact. And Not you would engage, no and somehow would, in the end, I'd fake it. Yeah. <laughs> it was a great test of wills. I got relieved of my duties, and guy was told he could stay. <laughs> But I, you have to. I, I led you to get out of a, a sinking ship, so you're welcome. 
Thank you. Thank you. You gave you gave me the strength, John. You still, you still have that shirt? No, I I don't know what happened with that shirt. Because you I did. I don't think I kept it. Obviously, it's probably different with baseball. It's every day. Did it cross your mind when you were doing the A's that you work for them or that you need to be careful what you say about them? No, I thought I'm in the clubhouse every day, so I'm accountable for what I say. Like if somebody calls and says, Josh Reddick sucks. And I say, yeah, Josh Reddick sucks. Yeah. If I say it like that, I am going to walk into the clubhouse the next day. So like, you know, you're aware of that. Like you just, you're going to be accountable. So, but it would, no one ever said to me like, you know, you're doing the A show. So be careful. Billy Bean might be listening and he won't be happy. And I think football is so unique where you only get one game a week and with a bad team, it can look really bad. And it's just very emotional. It's not like I was... If anything, I used to call the thing Raiders therapy. The callers, I mean, people were furious. The team was a joke. I mean, an absolute, they were the, they set the bar. They were more than the Cleveland Browns. They were the bar for being a joke at the time. This was Dennis Allen. Mark Davis was broke. The stadium was a a universal laughing stock. I'll never forget one time. I'll end it on this, actually. I tweeted, the Giants were playing. Last thing I'll say. We also had the, we also had the A's. And yeah. I tweeted something like, it must be like going from the outhouse to the penthouse or something about the Coliseum, uh, about the Giants or A's players. Just kind of like, I can't imagine what it's like to play in the one park and then go to the other ones. These guys got to be like, what the fuck's going on? The, the, yeah. Raiders were do, the Raiders were desperately trying to leave at the time. The Oakland A's despise the park. Everyone hates the park. I made fun of the yeah. park. I got a call from that guy and said, don't you ever say that. That is, and it's just like, what? What am I doing here? This is I gotta go. That that was the summer, you know, leading up to uh, the fall when it all ended. Yep. Right after we talked to Latavius Murray, you don't meet many. Pe- you don't meet many people that tell you to be nice to the Coliseum. That that was one of them. When no, the, when the, the teams, including the people who live there, yeah, the teams hate it. All right. Well, on that note, uh, I guess we'll have our Super Bowl picks on the next pod. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you else. Uh, thanks for hanging. You know, tell your friends that Haberman and Middlecoff talked to Adam Schefter. Yeah. And we're malcontents in their younger days. Insubordinate. You, know, you grow up, you mature. Yeah, insubordinate. I think we were definitely insubordinate. But, we were. Uh, you know, I'd, we, I'd probably be insubordinate again in the same situation. Haven't we always justified it? Be like, we would, if it was Elon or Jeff Bezos or Jerry Jones or whoever, we would not have been insubordinate. When you don't respect, <laughs> I do under, I, I do respect, like Deshaun Watson. He wants to be insubordinate. I do understand where he's coming from. Yeah. Yeah. Deshaun Watson's not mad because they've been losing. Right? Oh, I mean, he is, but it's much, much, much bigger than that. Now, the pushback would be if someone DM me, like Matt Stafford. I think you underrate how great of a company man he was. And I started thinking about it. Like, I've never heard him say a bad thing about the Lions, the way everything he handled it, the way it ended. Oh, yeah. He's pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah, and I, I mean, my, maybe they were good back, to him, John. Maybe he liked back, it there. Maybe they paid him a lot of money. I'll give you did, one. $210 million career earnings so far. That right. wasn't Haberman. You gave us $210 million. We'd have been good company men, too. <laughs> Everybody has a price in mind. It's $210 million and not a penny less. <laughs> Actually, it's much, it's much less, to be clear. <laughs> Fuck, way less. All right. Godspeed. Good pot, everybody. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.